Thank you for listening to Breakthrough Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. Brought to you by John Crumpton. For more podcasts, news and other events, please visit breakthroughlife.co.za. On Friday, Lisa and I had uh, the privilege of meeting with a number of uh, church leaders that are connected with us, and we had a great lunch together. And just to hear the stories, the testimonies of what God is doing uh, across this region, it's just so encouraging. Yay! Come on. God is doing wonderful things. And, uh, you know, we just need to open up our eyes in the, in the, with, with a spiritual grid to actually see what's going on. Sometimes you've actually got to switch that other grid off. You've got to get off grid. You know, the, 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 the news grid that is painting everything with, with such a, a, a bleak kind of tone. Yeah? I think everything's going up in fire. Not just parliament. <laughs> so we, we can get so negative so quickly. Right? Because if all we're getting is negative news, then we think, oh, that, that's the full story. No, that's not the full story. Hallelujah. Yay. Come on. We're tuning into good news. Yay. All right. So as we start out this year, what I love to do every year, because, you know, I'm, I'm such a good pastor, is I like to wish everybody happy birthday. <laughs> Personally. So here in my person, I'm going to wish you all happy birthday for 2022. (laughs) Is everybody feeling like you wished and you're blessed? All right. So, and the wonderful thing about this this birthday blessing, it lasts right through until December. (laughs) So have a good birthday this year. All right. Okay. It's just one of these funny little things here. Okay. Uh, I'd just like to, to share with you uh, just a, a warning, a brief warning, uh, so that you don't run into the same um, trouble yourselves. But I just feel like I really need to warn you about the worst customer service that I've ever received. Yeah? I'm not going to mention the name of the shop. It's well known, but I'm seeking legal advice as to whether I need to take this further. But last week... I went into this said shop and I bought an item. I paid for it with cash. I brought it home. And that evening I realized that it didn't work. And furthermore, it was never going to work. So the next day, I took it back to the shop and I asked for a refund. Now, without asking me any questions, the sales lady said, no, absolutely not. So I produced the receipt And again, I asked politely, and she still said no. I asked if a replacement was possible, and again, flat no. Well, I just couldn't believe this attitude and this behavior, so I asked if I could speak to the manager. And his response was even worse. Even with a smile on his face, he said absolutely no, no refund, no replacement, never ever. I'm telling you, that's the last time I'm ever going to that shop to buy a lottery ticket ever again. (laughs) 
for those of you who knew among us, I've never bought a lottery ticket. <laughs> and I don't plan to start. Okay. We, we're going to be together on Wednesday evening and want to invite you to come and join us. We're going to have a great time of worship. We're going to have a time of praying for the city. We're going to have communion together. It's going to be really, really good. And uh, we'll also be talking about some of the new things that we sense the Lord is wanting us to do because there needs to be a new way for a new day. And uh, take heart, those of you sitting downstairs, we've got good news for you too. We're going to make more space. But come on Wednesday and we'll, we'll, we'll chat about that. Do you remember one of the words that we, we had for this year was... Uh, being intentional, that we need to be intentional in the way in which we're serving the Lord, the way in which we're living our lives. The Lord has, has called us to be victors, not victims. And we need to change and shift some of our attitudes and our mindsets that we, we're not powerless. We serve the God of the universe, the high king of heaven, the all-powerful one. And because we serve him, and he actually lives on the inside of us, we're connected to power. And so therefore, for us to actually honor that, and to live with that as a reality, we need to be intentional about the way we live. Instead of throwing our hands in the air in, in a, as a sign of resignation, like, you know, I can't do anything. You know, this country's going to the dogs and, you know, I'm just a victim. No, we are not victims. We're living in turbulent times, absolutely. I'm going to talk about that in a moment. But even though we're in turbulent times, it doesn't mean that we are powerless. Okay, I'm going to try the people on this side. God has put his spirit inside of us, and it makes all the difference. And the way in which we, we live is going to make a radical impact, not just in our lives, but in future generations. That's how critical it is for us to be intentional in the way in which we live. Hallelujah. All right. So. As we, as we are choosing to live with intentionality, we need to understand the context in, in which we're living. You, you, you know the, the old Shakespeare saying, to be or not to be, right? And of course the question around the world at the moment is to vax or to no vax. Ask Djokovic. His mom prophetically named him Novak. <laughs> so there's so much turmoil happening on the planet right now. You know, should we do this? Should we do that? How should we be responding as believers? Great question. That's why we're here this morning. 
We want to get an understanding of what God is doing on the earth right now. Because if we only tune into what the devil's doing, we're only going to get a certain picture and it's going to be skew. All right, he's always causing a dust storm. He's always trying to disorient the, the people of God. He's trying to make out as if he's bigger than he actually is. That's been his modus operandi throughout. All right? So he tries to intimidate and he tries to cause people to react and respond in certain ways. But the people of God who tune in to the Spirit see and recognize the devil for who he is. He's a liar. He's the father of lies. I'm quoting Jesus. He's a good person to quote. So we need to dial down the lies. Like, switch it off. And we need to be dialing up what the Spirit is saying to us. So that we can navigate through what's happening, sure, on the, on the global scene, but also what's happening on the South African scene. I mean, there's crazy things happening in Good Ship RSA. Yeah, we've sprung a few leaks. Yeah, the ship is listing to one side. I don't have to be a prophet to tell you that thing is going down. Not the whole country. But it would appear that the captain is going to go down with that ship. You're understanding the metaphors. I'm, I'm mixing them up a little bit here. There's so many crazy things that are happening. You heard of eight days in July last year. Okay, there was a book written called Eight Days of July, and that was covering the riots and the looting and the mayhem, basically the insurrection that was attempted to take place in South Africa last July. It's called the Eight Days of July. The country was at war with itself. We were relatively unscathed here. There were a few fake news that, you know, the... the, the Checkers hyperarmor around the corner was, was being attacked. Do you remember those days? Yeah? Uh, Town Square, they closed at about midday. Shut down, sent everybody home. Uh, Clearwater, Checkers, all these, they all shut down. They were so scared that the rioting was going to be happening here. Do you remember that? Okay. Guys, I know there's been COVID memory issues, but it was only six months ago. Okay, work with me, like nod, smile, say yay, even if you're going to go and look it up later when you get home, just to confirm, <laughs> just work with us here. All right, so eight days in July, massive looting, rioting, the country lost billions of rands worth of infrastructure, all right, and uh, it was just absolutely awful. Well, not only did we go through eight days of July, but we went through eight days of January, So on the 1st of January this year, they bury the arch. And the last of that previous 
sort of grouping of, of, of leaders in our nation was bid farewell. That's the 1st of January. The 2nd of January, Parliament goes up in flames. And you don't have to be a genius to realize that this homeless person Why all of a sudden is Dolly running around him? Where's this homeless person going to get the money to hire him? Doesn't pass the sniff test. And how is this guy going to figure out how to switch off the water system, the fire protection system? And how is he going to know where the laptops are? And how's he going to know where the secret documents are that he can take them away? And how's he going to have explosives in his pocket? And how's he going to set fire to this thing in such a way that it's burning for at least 30 minutes before the fire brigade gets notified? And of course they come in six minutes. Which quite humorously, the president said, it just proves that we do have one city that works. <laughs> anyway, that's for another day. And then we get the state capture report. And then we get somebody, a couple of days later, literally taking a hammer to the constitutional court. Okay, I'm talking about things in the natural, but come on, tune in with the eyes of the Spirit. What is going on? A hammer to the constitutional court. Something is playing out in the natural that's being unleashed in the spiritual realm. Hmm? And then there was a beautiful parable for us. On the Friday night, when the president is gathered all the money bags around him, and they're all patting each other on the back about what a good job they're doing, and then the lights go out. Things in the natural that are grabbing hold of our attention because of what's going on in the supernatural realm. And we're a supernatural people. That's why we can, oh, yeah, we can see that there are unusual things happening in our nation because God is wanting to get our attention because of things that are happening in the spiritual realm. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. Hebrews chapter 12. So that that which is unshakable, the kingdom of God, will remain. So there are shakings going on in the nation. Now, I'm actually not trying to discourage you. I'm actually going to encourage you. I want to put courage inside of you. So that you're able to navigate through all of this stuff because you know ahead of time what's going to happen. Like I watched the cricket 
after I knew the result. And it was a much better game. You see? Because when I was watching our first innings reply to India, it wasn't looking good. Our first innings reply, we were short. And usually in cricket, when it gets to the fourth innings, the pitch is going to do some crazy things. You don't want to be making up your most amount of runs on the last innings. You try to do your best early on. Well, our best wasn't good enough in the first innings. Now, if I didn't know the end result, when I was watching us come up short, I would have been very depressed. But even watching the chaps do some rather unusual things, I still didn't get depressed because I knew the final score. Yay! As believers, we know the final score. So even though things are coming up short, we're not depressed. Because we're living for something way beyond temporal comfort. Yeah? We're facing all kinds of challenges and ripples. The lag effect of the last two years is still to be felt. Yeah? Praise God you don't live in America right now. Empty shelves. It's looking a bit like Zimbabwe. Supply chain crisis is hitting um, you know, these, these large stores, and there are plenty, plenty of empty shelves. Yeah? It's the lag effect. Right? So we've got a number of issues that we're still going to have to work through, navigate through, in terms of the lag effect of the last two years. Even though we can feel that the, the mist is beginning to lift. You can sense that, Right? Well, maybe not in Australia, but here we can feel that the, it's, it's, it's lifting, right? Yes. I'm talking to people with eyes to see in, this, in the realm of the Spirit, right? So we can sense, okay, we've turned a corner. The tide is turning. That oppressive fear narrative is beginning to evaporate. You can feel it. Right, I prophesy over those of you who can't feel it. You will feel it now as you go and you look for it. You will see that that fear narrative is beginning to evaporate. Hallelujah. All right. But the ripple effect is still going to remain for a while. Listen, we've still got to navigate the potholes. Now listen, when I was a youngster in church... They used to sing a song about the love of God being deep and wide. It seems that has now become the theme anthem of the roads department. The potholes are deep and wide. We've got different things that we're going to have to face 
challenges. Absolutely. But it's so good to know we're going to come out the other side. It's so good to know that we are going to triumph. We are the victorious ones. So even if the economy goes into a tailspin, we don't have to go into a tailspin. Okay. Oh, how do I encourage you now? I encourage you from the scriptures. Because God is on the move. And God has got big plans. He's dealing with authorities and with powers. And he's showing them up for what they really are. Because there is only one answer. And that is the king of kings. So every other authority will be exposed for what it is. Yeah? Things that are done in secret, 10 Downing Street, will be shouted from the rooftops. And you're going to have to apologize to the queen. Yeah. Oh. Because I asked you not to watch the news, let me just tell you what happened so that you know what I'm talking about. Because <laughs> some of you are kind of like, oh, what's this? Yeah. Boris, his hairstyle is going to get even worse <laughs> in the next few days. He's in deep trouble. They're calling for his resignation. Because the night before the funeral of Prince Philip. They were having a party. In fact, two parties at 10 Downing Street. And when he was telling his whole nation, lockdown, you can't see anybody, not even from another household or whatever, they had a massive garden party with lots of drinks and celebrations. And so they were not leading by example, and now the people are saying, hey, you're a bunch of hypocrites. Well, that actually wouldn't have been too hard for you guys to have figured out. How many kids has he got with how many women and how many marriages has he had? So how good is his word? Just saying. That's why none of us were surprised about the previous Jacob. All right, I'm stirring the pot a bit. Let's get back to you. When I was at school, it was a boys' school, we concentrated on things like fun, sport, pranks. Not so much academics. And we'd rock up to school, and the teacher would say, right, boys, take out your books, test time. Oh, sir, it's not fair. Give us more time. We didn't know. We didn't prepare. We weren't ready. Okay. 
most of the world, including the church, didn't understand that for the last two years, we've been taking a test. We have been tested. What do we really know and what can we put into practice based on what we've been taught, the instruction that we've received? And many people incorrectly prophesied that the church would fail. It would lose ground. It would lose members. It would disintegrate. Hmm? Didn't understand what was going on in the process of the test. I remember one of my math teachers, Max. And when he was teaching us, because we were in the, in the one stream of of, uh, you know, you, we had to do all the difficult sums. And, uh, and he would say, now boys, is a trick. And he'd, like, he'd get all excited because he was telling us in advance of the trick that was going to come in the test. He said, now boys, will you see this? It's a trick. <laughs> and he'd get all animated. Old Max. Because he knew what was in the paper. Because he set the paper. <laughs> and he'd coach us and he'd warn us about what was coming in the test. And even when we had these surprise tests that we weren't you know, knowing ahead of time that we were going to be in a test. These Pointers could be used to sail through the test. Ah. Scripture has been given to us to forewarn us and to give us all the tricks, even of the enemy as to what we would be facing. So that when we faced it, we would know what to do. Right? Hmm. We have been writing an open book test for the last two years. So how are you doing? Did you pass? The sooner we pass, the sooner we can get out of the test. This is the wonderful thing about the kingdom of God. Is that you get to take the test over and over again until you get the pass mark. Because no one gets left behind. So let us... Let us pay attention to what the scriptures are saying, what the Holy Spirit is saying... So that we can pass the test. Right? Number of teachers in, in the congregation. And I, I love that we got to pray for you last weekend. And bless you. And, uh, and trusting that the Lord is going to use you powerfully. 
to raise up another generation that is going to be full of life and of hope and of courage and boldness and they've got their compass set in the right direction and north actually is true north. But when a teacher sets a test, the objective of the teacher, contrary to the belief of the students, the objective of the teacher is not to fail the student, but to show to the student what they do know and what they don't know. In order that they might work on their shortcomings Fill in the gaps so that they can pass the test next time. True? Teachers are saying true. When we were a student, that wasn't our first thought about the test. Because we didn't understand. We were looking at it from the wrong perspective. When God sets a test, because he is all-knowing, omniscient is the big word. He knows everything. It's not like he doesn't know what's going on inside of us. No, no. It's because we don't know what's going on inside of us. And when we have the test, we get to see what's really there. So the scripture, well, let's go to the scriptures. Come on, let's go there. Come on. 1 Peter chapter 1 and, um, and verse 6 through 9. 1 Peter chapter 1 from verse 6. In all this you greatly rejoice. Can you say greatly rejoice? Okay. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while. Can you say little while? Yeah. Look, the last two years have felt like a very long while. But in comparison to eternity, it's a little while. All right? So even though for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials, these have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and you are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. Can you say joy? joy. For you are receiving the end result. Yay, yay, result. The result of the test, right? The end of the result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. What's the end result? We're saved. Do we win the test? Don't we win the test? Cricket. Do we win the rugby match? Don't we win? Because we know the end result, we're approaching the test with confidence. What's Peter saying? Listen, you are receiving the end result, the salvation of your very life, your essence, who you are. Not your body, as heavenly as it may, may seem. That's what my wife says. 
the real you will live forever. Hallelujah. Where do we want that end result to be? We want it to be with Jesus, eternally secure with Him in His presence. Yes. We are receiving that. So we have this inexpressible joy. Joy is bubbling up from the inside. We're so happy, people at work think we're a little... Kind of like, how can you be happy when all these potholes are still there? When all this difficulty, when inflation is doing this, when, when there's squabbles in the courts and all these kinds of things, how can you be happy? It's kind of like, um, actually, we're going through all this thing and it's a test, but I already know the result. I'm not gonna, I'm gonna pass. You see, even if I don't pass it at first, I get to take the test again. I know I'm going to pass. The end result is I'm going to be saved. Yay, this is good news. So Peter, he, he, he draws on this, um, this picture in terms of these trials, these tests, from the process of making gold. It's almost like he lived in Joyberg. It's like, wow, you know, for, for gold to be purified, there's a fiery furnace. Raw material into the crucible. And the impurities and the imperfections are worked up to the surface. <laughs> The imperfections of your life are worked up to the surface as you get worked up <laughs> when you are under pressure. And what's really on the inside comes <laughs> on the outside. Sorry, that was a bit too graphic. But, <laughs> but you know people. I'm talking about other people. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about somebody you know. Now is not a good time to look at your spouse. <laughs> when you're under pressure, what's really there gets exposed. Now your faith, which is way more valuable than gold. Gold is long lasting, but it's not forever. Even a girl knows that. That's why she wants the diamond. <laughs> Your faith will last forever. That's the most valuable thing. Now your faith is going to be tested and it's going to be tried and it's going to be judged. It's going to be evaluated and it's going to get the divine standard stamp. <laughs> Pass mark. Your faith is going to be proven to be genuine. How? Good question. Your faith is proved to be genuine, not when everything is hunky-dory. Mm -hmm. 
your faith is shown to be genuine when you're in a time of trial. COVID was a time of trial. Did you pass the test? I beg of you, pass the test because we'd all like to move on. Yeah, but the devil did all that. Yeah. So what? God can use anything for his advantage. Doesn't matter what the devil tries, God always outsmarts him. And what the enemy meant for harm or for evil, God turns it around and he causes it to be worked for good in your life. Praise his name. I was under so much pressure. I didn't know what to do. And I was so full of fear and anxiety. It's kind of like, oh, hello. That's because you didn't know that you had a propensity towards fear and anxiety. And it was only when we turned up the heat that what was inside started coming to the outside. How about this? Let's go to James chapter 1. Daryl, please can you fix the clock? It's going a little too fast. Okay, we can just have that sorted out by next week. Thank you. Yo, this guy James. This guy James. Whew. He was the earthly, physical, blood brother to Jesus. Mm -hmm. They shared the same mother, Mary. Didn't share the same father. Come on, we just had Christmas, you know that story. <laughs> oh yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Incarnation, the miracle, wow. But James was the brother of Jesus. James, you'll see this in Acts chapter 15. He's the guy, oh man, too many stories to tell you. Do you remember when Mary and Jesus' family came and said, hey, Jesus, Come back, come this side. You're wearing yourself out, whatever. And, and Jesus said, who are my brothers and sisters? But these are those who, who do the will of my father. Yeah? So like James was one of the brothers outside there. Like, ooh, wasn't following Jesus. Like, who do you think you are, mate? I saw you in the carpentry shop. You're just my brother. James has the most inc incredible conversion as he comes to faith and belief. Imagine how hard it was for him. Come on, think about it. Come on, take your, your religious you know, view off the scriptures. Like 
for James. What offense he had to get over because his older physical brother turns out to be the son of God. It must be really hard for him. But God is good, he's faithful, and he comes to this place of revelation and understanding, and he gives himself to serve the purposes of God. And by the time we get to Acts chapter 15, which is maybe a decade and a half later after the birth of the church, we read the book of Acts and we go from chapter 1, chapter 2, 3, we think it all happened in a matter of weeks. No, it was spanning about 30 or more years, the book of Acts. So by the time we get to the council of Jerusalem, James, this James, the brother of Jesus, is now the head honcho. Not the apostles, James. It's ongelooflik. It's amazing. So we see elders established, the apostles doing their apostling thing, and James is the guy who's presiding, if you like, over all of this. This is the guy we're talking about now. Can you understand that he had the inside track on a whole bunch of things? Yes? Okay, now let's go and read what he says. James chapter 1 verse 2. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Oops, can we just pause it there? Kind of like, James, um, what did you have for breakfast before you wrote this? You said consider it what? When we face all kinds of trials? Okay, this is an open book test. Pure joy. Wow. Wow. He is seeing the trial, the test, very differently from what CNN is seeing it. Or E! News or whatever it might be. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of one kind, a few kinds, many kinds, many kinds. Guys, why is this so important for us to grab a hold of the scripture? I'm glad you asked the question. Because we are living in a supernatural church environment. We believe in the supernatural. We believe we pray f- for people, things change. We believe in miracles. Not just miracles 2,000 years ago, we believe in miracles today. Can I at least get three amens? Yeah. All right. Come guys, we're a little bit rusty, we need to get going here. Yeah? When we come and worship, I know we've got this little funny thing on our face that we're all trying to pretend we're doctors, but come on, let's sing. Let's really go for it. Yeah? So, we believe that when we pray, things shift, things change, transformation takes place, the supernatural realm invades the natural realm, and God intervenes. Anything can happen. That's who we are. We believe for breakthroughs. 
You only need a breakthrough when there's an impossible situation. Yeah? Which means we're going to face a few impossible situations in order that we might see some breakthroughs. But we are not those who shrink back and say, well, just because it's tough, you know. No, 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 I'll go. No, no, no. We rise up because it's a spiritual calling, a mandate. Step up in faith. Be filled with courage. Don't be discouraged, but be encouraged. Be filled with courage. Go after these things. And if at first you don't get the victory, what do you do? You ask the Holy Spirit to help you and you believe again. We don't go into disbelief. We continue steadfastly in believing. Mm -hmm. Because of the supernatural environment... And because we believe that God can break through, it can also lead to an area of error which says, I do not have to go through any difficulties whatsoever. And there's a realm of Christianity which is unrelated to the reality of the Scriptures. Either James knew a few things or he made a big mistake here. And we've just established his credentials, meaning he did know a few things. Now he's saying, listen guys, don't get upset. Don't think that you've lost your faith. Don't think God has abandoned you. I mean, some of these errors, you don't have enough faith. That's why you're facing this difficulty. Wrong answer. Bad theology. You just didn't have enough faith and belief. That's why you're facing this. There's sin in your life. That's why you're facing difficulty. Bad theology has crept into the church and has undermined the foundation. They're always talking about foundations. Wrong thinking, wrong theology has undermined a supernatural belief in the power of God. Because it causes people to either throw their hands up and walk away, and this doesn't work, so I'm leaving the church and I'm leaving God, because of an error that crept in. No, 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 no. We are not those who shrink back. But we are those who persevere, who hold on, we endure. Why? Because God is at work in the trials and the tests. So consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Why? Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Now let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Mature, complete, not lacking anything. Come on, say it with me. Yay. He's coming back for a mature bride. 
this testing process, he's working for his objective. Listen, forget the devil. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Lord, what's happening? I'm getting you ready. And we're having a few tests along the way as we get ready. Come on. What is a fitting of the wedding dress? If anything but a test to see, does the dress fit? So that you can make some adjustments. Right? Okay. The tests are for us to see how mature are we really as the bride. Are we ready for the coming of the bridegroom? Mature, complete, not lacking anything. So the last two years have been working powerfully to grow the church. Gosh, how different some of us might have faced the test if we knew what was going on. I've got good news for you. You ready? Okay, ready? Ready? There will be another test. Yay. Okay. They might want us to lock down because of the climate. Yeah, 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 that should be our response. We should be laughing. But that's what they want to do. That's what they want to do. If we all stay at home, then we can save the planet. <laughs> yep. Unfortunately, that's a prophetic word right there. There will be other tests of many kinds. It could be a health test. It could be a financial test. It could be a relationship test. All kinds of things that are going to provoke you to cause the things that are deep on the inside to the surface so that you and your faith might be proven genuine. Scrape off the dross. Okay, let's do it again. Can you say amen? amen? Maybe not as enthusiastically as last time, but... So verse 12 of James chapter 1. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Boom! We know the end result. We know that we are receiving our salvation. This is the reward. Gold star. Crown of life. Yay. It's going to be okay. That's the point. It's going to be okay. Remember, God's got this and God's got you. We were singing 
He's never going to fail me. You've never failed yet. You're never going to fail again. All right. Flight, flight. My story is eight. Won't you stand? I'll come back to the second half of my message next week. So it was just the introduction. Yo, my dad, when he used to preach, I mean, he was only warming up after 45 minutes. <laughs> Honestly, he would just do the introduction for about 45 minutes, and then he would start preaching. Yeah. No, yeah. You are destined for victory. You're a winner. You're an overcomer. You will receive the crown of life. Come on. So let's pray. Thank you, Lord, that you give to us understanding, insight, and revelation. That no matter what we face on the earth, you're bigger than anything. That you can cause anything and everything to turn around and work towards our benefit, our good, our eternal good. Thank you, Lord, that you are stirring up faith on the inside. You're causing an understanding and a revelation as to the trials and the tests. And that you are not finished with us and you're not throwing us away. But in fact, you're getting us ready and you're preparing us for glory. So we give you praise. We ask, Lord, that you would cause us to be strong, to stand firm, and see the deliverance of the Lord. Surely, God will come to our aid. Surely, the best is yet to come. So I ask, Lord, for each one of us, cause us, Lord, to be secure in you, in your word, and in your purposes. Thank you, Lord, that you have a great destiny and destination for each one of us. Thank you, Lord, you're causing us to come through the valley of the shadow of death. We're coming through. And your mercy and your goodness and your kindness will overshadow us all the days of our lives. Thank you, Lord. So I bless you with the blessing of the Lord God, the Almighty One. May you be strengthened in your inner being. May His light 
radiate upon you. Illuminate your path. May your heart and your mind be steady, strong, steadfast, holding on to the King who is the great King. May His peace so saturate your mind that no matter what the enemy throws at you, you never lose your peace. And may that joy, that inexplicable joy, rise up from deep within by the power of the Spirit that bubbles up and gushes out of you and changes the atmosphere wherever you go. May you be a bringer of joy to Joyburg. And may His protection and His provision be your portion in this week. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen and amen. Come on, give Him praise.